1: going on everybody welcome to the pro football focus show here on rotogrinders i am Britt devine back for the week two edition with daniel kelly the lead fantasy editor over at pro football focus daniel we had some good takes um we talked down austin eckler last week right we got to keep ourselves in check here you know but uh i think for the majority of week one uh we ended up well and uh, i'm looking to repeat that here week two
2: yeah some solid takes let's see if we can get those back again
1: yeah, always good to have good takes and always good to not have as many bad takes. Um, so uh, what we're going to do here, we're going to have some fun. We got a lot of screen sharing going on in a second. Um, but the first thing I want to tell you guys about is our sharp side promotion. We have the Vegas Insiders. Don't forget, sports betting is becoming basically a staple across the country. Uh, we've teamed up with them to give you a free way to kind of play along and win some money. It's a $10,000 contest. Pays out weekly prizes, pays out a mid-season prize. Pays out a uh, a leaderboard on total bets at the end of the year. So if you have sharp side, start swiping, get everything, pick your favorite stuff and have some fun at it. And uh, at the end of the year, hopefully you can walk away with a couple of bucks. Uh, As far as PFF goes, Daniel, you are immersed in all pro football focused statistics left and right. And you kind of incorporate that into your article here, what we learned for fantasy football in week one. So you guys uh, listening on podcast, we'll try to articulate what's going on screen here but you write this and it's basically a look back and I like I like to look back at my lineups I like to look back at what happened week one and see if there's any really big conclusions we can draw uh, to make better DFS lineups uh, in the future so what were some of the main things we learned in fantasy football week one uh, that can we 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 can uh, apply a little bit better uh, to week two
2: uh, one of the things that I noticed that we talked about before the show and you gave me grief already on is uh, Corey Davis had that awful game in week one. No receptions, only three targets. He had shadow coverage with Denzel Ward and Davis had a garbage slate of cornerbacks last year and it showed and he started out with a bad one again this, this year. And when he's facing the tough quarterbacks, I think Davis is going to be susceptible to some bad times, but he's going to have an easier road going forward. And uh, we, we saw AJ Brown do some stuff. We saw Adam Humphreys get a catch, but I do think Davis is still the receiver you want out of Tennessee. And I still, I'm still buying in just a little
1: on him. A couple more weeks and I might be out, but I'm not out yet. AJ Brown, just he looked like the wide receiver one. Delaney Walker's in there. Derrick Henry's going to get 50 touches every game, running down the field <laughs> like a, like a bolt of lightning. Nobody can get in his way here. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I'm, I am not, I'm anti Corey Davis personally. Uh, best ball right if you're playing the best ball uh drinking contest right every time we say best ball or season long you take a drink at home there's a couple for you right there but uh zero best ball shares i'm out on Corey davis i hope i'm wrong for your sake uh, I, I like the aj brown dude he, he looked pretty good out there
2: uh, he lo- he looks good and if he does it more than once i'll have to i'll have to suck it up and admit that i'm wrong but i'm not there yet
1: uh what else you got for me from week one
2: uh Jameson Crowder really interested me. Um, The 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 stat everyone's been going on is the the 14 receptions didn't even crack 100 yards, and that's always going to be an issue. He's he doesn't have a big yardage ceiling, but that number of receptions in anything that's PPR, which our DFS is, he's going to have monster value in that with with all the receptions he's going to get.
1: Yeah, he plays on Thursday too here, so we'll be able to kind of turn that around pretty quickly. Maybe take advantage of it. I know know over on Yahoo, he's he's like minimum. He's a minimum price quarterback. He's 21 bucks, so you can guarantee he's going to be in my Yahoo lineup over there on week one. Uh, give me give me one more real strong takeaway from Week One.
2: Todd Gurley. I'm not panicking yet. He dominated the carries and in, in uh, with the Rams. I am a little worried about his uh, his red zone usage, and if that doesn't spike up. Uh, panic button will be hit but we're not there yet he's the one getting the backfield touches
1: yeah i saw the uh ben baldwin he's always a good follow on uh, on twitter posted how malcolm browns is generational talent right at the one yard line just wide open running lane just waltzes right into the end zone (laughs) and that could easily be todd Gurley. i like Gurley's prices even further down he had plenty of snaps Uh, i think Gurley's uh, again in play i'm not buying into malcolm brown's the red zone touchdown running back I think Gurley gets his fair share of those this year too so I like those uh and again this is an article you can read every week on pro football focus along with a million others but hey Daniel writes this I got to give him some street cred uh so we're going to talk about this every single week uh all right let's uh let's move to showdown for Thursday and uh, I was trying to make some lineups for this I think how I'm not really playing showdown I'm playing the Thursday through like Monday slates that the sites offer because I I like more variety I like more games and the problem I was running into showdown Daniel is they're just we know everybody who's gonna play there's no there's no guy who might get 25 percent of the snaps that catches four targets and a touchdown I can't come up with anything the one thing I was talking to you pre-show about is maybe the Panthers give a little bit of a break because they're on a short week or maybe Tampa Bay does some strange things. Cause they're on a little bit of a short week, but outside of picking which one of Ronald Jones, uh, Dare, and Peyton Barber scores a touchdown <laughs> theres I don't even know how you get a lot of variety in your lineups this week. So what have you come up with?
2: Uh, I mean, I agree with you on most of that. Um, if, if they do give a break, we might see a little more Ian Thomas in place of Greg Olson because Greg Olson is 413 years old. Um, but other than that, the only, the only interesting play I have is Cameron Great for Tampa Bay. And I'm not even sure how surprising he is anymore, but we've seen when he's paired with Jameis Winston, he averages 10 PPR points a game. And that's just hugely valuable for a guy who doesn't do much any other time. He had two touchdowns in week one called back to penalty. Even one of those goes in. He's a great play. The, using him as your captain in, uh, in a showdown and pairing him with the more obvious plays, might be a contrarian move, but you're right. There's just not a lot of surprise in this game on Thursday night. Uh,
1: I want to know if you are playing. I like, so if you, you like me, if you do play the Thursday all day slates, I will note the, uh, the Buccaneers seem a little cheap on DraftKings. I know Mike Evans is 7,000. I think that's a little low after coming off illness, going up against Carolina, who I think can be taken advantage of by a receiver like Thomas. I think he's a little bit too cheap. And uh, Christian McCaffrey, I don't care what Christian McCaffrey costs. When you get a running back who's literally playing, never comes off the field is the entire team's offense and is the ability to put up 200 plus total yards and two or three touchdowns in a game. I'm I'm playing that dude and uh, I'm paying up for Christian McCaffrey, at least on my cash teams and every single lineup I can get across the industry. Uh, so, you know, and no reason to really want to fade Christian McCaffrey right
2: not not ever our our Scott Barrett noted uh in a piece that if you take his last 10 games other than week 17 last year where they took him out after five snaps or whatever it was he's averaged like 30 PPR points a game nobody's ever done that he's if I mean for, we're talking season long here but if you were redrafting today he'd be number one and well ahead of Saquon Barkley for me he's he's so far ahead of the field right now just on
1: usage Get your drinks ready, because at 1.1 in my best <laughs> ball teams, I was taking Christian McCaffrey over Saquon in a lot of those. So I, He was I, my top-ranked guy this week this year, too. Yeah, uh, I definitely have. Uh, I'm very overweight on Saquon in those. Uh, I won't say it again. You guys are probably getting too drunk. Uh, let's get to uh, – well, let's talk a little bets, too, right? We, we talk sharp side. I want to give the people a couple of locks. I actually put my – I saw this line. I couldn't believe what I saw, Daniel. I, I went uh, – we have legal sports betting here in New York. I went down the street 10 minutes, popped 200 bucks down on Cardinals, plus 13 and a half at Baltimore. Am I a donkey? I couldn't believe this. I know, I know Baltimore ran Miami out of the building, but let's be real. I think every team's going to run Miami out of the building, and I think that Arizona offense sure it struggled at first. I know it's his first road game, and I know it's Cliff Kings- Kingsbury's first road game as a coach in the NFL, but that, that line seems a little bit too big for him.
2: I mostly agree with you. I can see it going against you, but it does. It seems like an, an overbuy in on the on the Ravens beating up on the Dolphins when everybody's going to do that. So I feel like I feel like that line could have been eight and a half and not been insane. At thirteen yeah. and a half. I kind of agree. You got to do that bet.
1: Yeah, I thought like nine, ten. Uh, I saw thirteen. I couldn't believe it. So I, I literally I saw that right from the gym. Boom, down to the sports book and uh, placed my money on the other one. I like. I like the Giants. Home fave is the Bills. I mean, the Bills are okay. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter is popping 3000 $3, bucks down for them to win the Super Bowl. I mean, there's yeah. better ways to spend $3,000 today. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Giants at home against the Bills. I don't think either team's really all too good. Josh Allen prone to turnovers. Uh, I think the Giants at home are more than capable of, of winning this game.
2: Yeah, I, I I was noting on Twitter that Josh Allen had a terrible game on Sunday that was bailed out in the last couple drives, and I got so much pushback on that. He was bad i don't i don't get it he yeah he ran in a touchdown he had one pass because john brown bailed him out but it, it, i'm happy to bet against john uh, john i'm happy to bet against josh allen anytime i can
1: yeah uh give me a couple of your favorite things you're looking at uh to uh, possibly I'm, make some money on
2: I'm super in on Dallas, even on the road as the favorites against Washington, just that, that offense that Kellen Morris put in place looks so interesting. And maybe they can't put up the the kind of numbers they did in week one against the, against the giants, but man, I think that team's going to be powerful. They're going to challenge Philadelphia in the East.
1: Uh, any others? Then, it looks like you like the Rams a little bit at home. I mean, that defense, th- th- there's plenty of ways for them to get pressure on breeze. You got a little bit of outdoor stuff going on for breeze as well.
2: Yeah. Uh I- you know may, maybe i'm buying in too much on the breeze home road splits but the rams defense has been absolutely lights out since well since their bye last year and i, I think that's going to continue i think that was the problem with cam newton last week because he was facing that defense
1: yeah if you want any uh you know pff has the green line green line was basically in line they think i'm going to lose my money on that raven's bet but i won against the green <laughs> i won against the green line it worked really good they were really high on the patriots last week and they obviously rolled um, so if you have PFF already, right, you can just, uh, you know, get a little, uh, there's a lot of stuff factored into the green line and take a look at it. I, however, uh, I'm, I'm going anti green line, uh, my own personal self. All right, let's get into, uh, some DFS plays for this week. This is where the money's made. And I, I wish I would have listened to myself a little bit more. Cause I think I had some pretty good calls. Um, by the time it was all said and done, I screwed my lineups up and, uh, I ended up losing money on week one. I know nobody likes to admit it, but sometimes uh, you got to spend some time reviewing your lineups, reviewing what happened and seeing what your mistakes are. And uh, I think I've got them figured out for some tournaments on week two. But well, let's try to help the people out here. Uh, a couple of studs. We'll start with Lamar Jackson. Uh, five, you know, if you would have told me Lamar Jackson had five touchdowns, I would have been, how many did he score rushing? Three, four, right? And it was none. But this looks like a really good spot. Arizona's defense is absolutely atrocious. Uh, you don't have to sell me on Lamar, but in case anybody was doubting, I'll uh, give it to him
2: yeah it's it 's the same sort of stuff uh, i i everything he did against Miami he can do against Arizona, and we know he 's going to run he had i think it was six yards in that game we 're going to see more from him uh, I think the ownership 's going to be high after everybody saw what he did last week but i think if you if you want to go for someone near the top there 's no risk there
1: yeah, in the early so- in the early ownership projections we have him at about nine percent, which is the second highest quarterback. I say maybe it just ticks up a little he's gonna get a lot of hype as the week progresses and the new cycle goes on um and we've got a couple different targets we'll talk about to use him with so I definitely like Jackson and I do agree he's gonna be pretty highly owned uh you've got another one right so uh, I've got a bounce back candidate you've got a bounce back candidate uh let's ha- let's hash it out who's the better one uh you got Big Ben
2: I do have Big Ben uh I <laughs> They looked so bad in week one, but now they're facing a Seattle team that just let Andy Dalton put up a career high in pass yardage and they have something to prove and maybe something to prove is a soft factor. We shouldn't be taking into consideration, but I just, I can't see Rossberger having two garbage games in a row and he's not going to be well-owned after that awful game in week one.
1: Yeah. Always does good at home. Uh, I'm always worried that Seattle, even when they're down 14, they're still going to try to, you know, run the ball. Cause that's what Seattle does. They don't want, they can't throw the ball because throwing the ball creates interceptions and if you lose the turnover battle, you're going to lose the game unless you're. The- <laughs> that's, that's how Pete Carroll thinks. I really think it is. Um, but I, I expect Pittsburgh to be able to score. If Andy Dalton can throw 400 yards, Ben Roethlisberger can throw for 500, in my opinion. So exactly. I, like that. I like that call. Mine, uh, this is a little different. I, I'm going Kirk Cousins, right? He was really highly owned along with Adam Thielen last week. So the what have you done for me lately crowd, they're going to give him the thumbs down. I like it. I don't think that Packers defense is as great as they showed week uh, one against Chicago because, let's face it, Matt Nagy didn't know what he was doing. Mitchell Trubisky didn't know what he was doing. There's like 16 running backs on the field all at the same time for Chicago. I'm, I'm not really holding that Packers defense into a high standard until I see him play uh, a real offense. And I think Minnesota is a real offense. Uh, so I like Cousins. Uh, as long as Diggs is off the injury report, he's, it's going to be really easy to know who to stack him with. Uh, so I'm looking for Cousins to be one of my bounce-back ownership plays of the week. Uh, I think he was currently coming in at about 2%. Uh, so that's going to be one of my stronger stands, I think, as the week progresses in tournaments. Uh, let's uh, – a couple of value quarterbacks. I think there's a lot out there. You can go to Matt Stafford. Josh Allen's going to be popular. But you've got two other guys. First, we've got Derek Carr. Uh, he owns the Chiefs in his recent starts. And, I mean – Dude look pretty good. Uh, you've got some really interesting I couldn't uh, I couldn't believe this when you told me this. So let's start off with the the biggest stat of the week.
2: He literally had tied for the highest overall PFF grade at quarterbacks, tied with Dak Prescott for week one. And I mean, part of it, he didn't have to do that much uh, for fantasy numbers because Josh Jacobs scored the touchdowns other than the one Tyrell Williams touched down, but Carr looks really good. He was really accurate and he's going against this chief's uh, defense that just made Gardner Minshew look like a big time pro. And maybe Gardner Minshew has been wildly underrated coming into his career, but this is still a sixth round rookie th- thrust into action in week one. I think that a lot of the credit there has to go to the chiefs defense, letting
1: him put up those points Carr gets that defense this week. Yeah. He's torched him the last couple of meetings. I got the grades pull up here. I couldn't believe this. There's some Gardner Gardner Minshew six highest graded quarterback. We'll talk about him in a second, really high grade as well. But if the chiefs defense, you're just going to, you're going to have to pass the ball to keep up with them. And it's really easy to stack with Carr too, because that looks like a really concentrated offense with Antonio Brown on the town. So we'll talk about some of his targets a little later. Uh, you also want to talk about Andy Dalton. I just threw his first. I, could, I can't believe this either. That was his first 400 yard game. I know it's tough to throw for 400 yards, uh, but he looked pretty good. It's it's the Rams East he's got going on over there.
2: Basically, yeah, he's got the, he's got this Rams offense integrated, and yes, a lot of it was Seattle's defense is not great uh, defending the pass, but he did he threw for 400 yards. He he might not have Joe Mixon this week, which means his number one running back Giovanni Bernard is going to be more of a pass catcher. John Ross looked amazing for his standards and if they have any kind of offense with John Ross Tyler Boyd and Giovanni Bernard Andy
1: Dalton could keep this going Uh, value play for me Uh, another one is going to be Jared Goff I think he's going to end up drawing some ownership we had him about eight percent which was about the third highest uh, in our early ownership projections but I really like him to bounce back after an underwhelming week one Uh, he wasn't even really targeting the running backs that can get in there Uh, I like all of that involvement and you know, Woods, Cooks, and Cup. These guys look almost unstoppable. Cooks didn't even have his, you know, his uh basically uh, the the deep ball. Couldn't really connect on that if that lands. Goff's off to the races this week, and I really like him in the Saints game. Uh, so I'm really looking at him. All the, all the wide receiver cornerback charts on PFF look pretty good for the receivers as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to use Goff a variety of ways. More multi-entry because, I mean, which one of Woods, Cup, cooks is the one that's going to go off i don't know if you can accurately predict that on a week to week basis so you got to mix up the lineups with him but he's someone i'm really looking to utilize uh you want to you want to throw some fire you want you got, you got a couple of duds and one's one might be a little fire take here it's coming from that uh ram saints game it's not golf it's drew Brees. so what, what are you hating on drew Brees for
2: well, uh, I mentioned this last week in passing, then I did a little more research and even further cemented my opinion on this. Akib Tlaib missed eight games last year for the Rams. And in those eight games, they allowed opposing quarterbacks to put up 26.8 points a game. In the games Tlaib played, so weeks uh, one through three, and then after week 12 through week one of this year, that numbers 13.1. Quarterbacks are doing half as much against them when Tlaib's on the field. Tlaib's still on the field. He, that, that defense is so much better when he's there. Add in Drew Brees on the road. He's great. He's
1: Drew Brees, but I don't want any part of him this week. A um, couple of thoughts on some higher-owned guys. Josh Allen's getting some love. We've got a low projection for ownership right now, but uh, Allen's the talk of the town. I think, from from some decent people, at least for cash games. you have Any any thoughts on him? I, I mean, I'm taking the Giants to win this game straight up.
2: Yeah, I, maybe I'll stay wrong on Josh Allen for a long time, but he's got to do a lot more showing he can throw the ball to me before I'm going to buy in on
1: him. Yeah, I think he's, uh, people think he has this high floor from the rushing, and and I agree the rushing gets there, but unless he gets the rushing touchdown, I think you can be in for a world of hurt sometimes. I I don't see myself, maybe I'll change my thoughts, but I don't really see myself using Allen as a cash game play. Uh, All right, let's go to some running backs here and keep this moving along. And uh, I'll start off first with a couple of my plays, and I'll, I'll let the people kind of wait on a couple of uh, at least your stud take here because i'm I'm a little worried about this one daniel so i'm hoping <laughs> you can bring the goods i'm going to start with what's going to be the chalk uh, we've got elvin kamara right if you want to make money this week play elvin kamara he owns the rams uh the the i, I was talking to Derek Cardi earlier uh in the, in the blitz projections and i was like the bvp for kamara is really good right the baseball guy the, the batter versus pitcher well kamara versus rams he absolutely demolishes him he has got a little bit bigger of a snap share this year than he had last year. And I think in those close competitive games with the should be, I'm expecting him to get, you know, 70 to 75% of the snaps or running back touches compared to maybe 65% he was seeing last year. And when you're as efficient as a guy like Kamara is, that's a huge boost to your fantasy potential. So I really like him. Uh, he's the cheapest of the big four between Zeke, Saquon and CMC, if you're playing the big slate. So, uh, I love Kamara. I'm probably going to be playing him a lot. And, uh, Uh, I don't really think you can talk down on Kamara, right?
2: No, it's a a great play. You know, assuming I'm right at all about the Rams defense on Drew Brees, the Saints aren't going to just be shut down. And that means Kamara is going to have the performance just like McCaffrey did in week one.
1: I think that's a great play. Uh, All right, let's uh, get to your stud. And this (laughs) one... It's it's interesting because I think the ownership is going to be really low, and if it works out, it can really work out for you in tournaments. You got Sony Michelle, who in the ultimate Sony Michelle game script last week did absolutely nothing. He's going to need to get into the end zone, which I I think he can certainly do once, twice, three, four times against Miami. Right? So what are what has you looking at Michelle this week? Is it just the the forty two to seven drubbing that's going to happen?
2: Forty two to seven might be conservative, but yes, that's a big (laughs) part of it. I mean. They, they're going to be having – you know, taking off-field stuff out of the play. Assuming Antonio Brown's on the field, they're going to have him, but only on a few days of, of working into the offense. They're going to be – they're going to win this game by 30 before you even blink. They're going to be running the ball down their throats. And, yes, Rex, Burkhard, Rex Burkhead had some work in week one, but Sonny Michel had 15 carries. And if you tell me Sonny Michel's going to have 15 carries, that's fine. I'm going to get some production out of him most weeks. This week was was an aberration. Tell me he's going to have – 15 carries this coming week, and I'll bet 100 yards. I, I think he's going to be fine.
1: Uh, the other one, I really do like this one, especially from a game theory, uh, contrarian perspective. Uh, David Johnson in Baltimore. Again, I like this Arizona offense to be able to score points. They play fast. There's a lot of plays. It's going to be – I mean, Dem- Demir Bird is putting up fantasy-relevant performances for the Cardinals because this is just what they're what they're doing. And if they're going to fall behind, if the spread's so big – they're going to be making a play every 22 seconds like they were doing last week in this comeback against the lions. And when you take a snap that quickly, so much faster than everyone, anyone else has really ever done in the NFL. Uh, there's just fantasy potential all over the place. Even if you are a big underdog.
2: Yeah. Uh, first of all, I did not even realize the mere bird was still in the league until I saw that game. But, I picked him up yes, in my face.
1: all over my dynasty. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: I had no idea. But yeah, David Johnson, you look back at the way he's been used. In 2016, he was split out wide a lot. His, his average death of the target was more than four yards. He, had, he averaged six uh, targets a game. Then in 2018, he came back from injury, had this awful offense, and he was running, he was running a lot fewer routes. He only had a few targets a game. His average death of the target was under a yard. Well, then Sunday he comes back, and everything's back the way it was in 2016. This Cliff Kingsbury offense means great things for him it's I think he's going to be probably not what he did in 2016 because nobody can do that again but he's going to be just fine he's going to be a monster David Johnson season right again
1: yeah I like it. we'll I'll skip over Giovanni Bernard because we're hey is Joe Mixon gonna play I don't really know Joe Mixon's out hey play Giovanni Bernard Joe Mixon's in I don't know if I want to play Joe Mixon I don't know if the price will be right but uh he would be an interesting tournament play but uh we always look we like nicknames in DFS uh we got Raheem Mustard I, you know, I I like him coming in behind Breda. He's cheap. And when the dude's on the field, just like whenever Matt Breda's on the field, he gets his fantasy points. Whenever Raheem Mostart, Mustart, whatever you want to call him, gets on the field, he gets his fantasy points. Uh, and, And I like him quite a bit here in the San Francisco offense.
2: Yeah, this is – Kyle Shanahan's offense loves to use two running backs. So, I mean, even if Brenda didn't have the history of injury, you're going to put him out there. Most going to get plenty of touches. He and He's played – he had two games with more than 20 snaps last year, which is a low threshold. But in those two games, he had 165 combined yards. That's that's worthwhile for the price he's going
1: at. Sorry, my neighbor is uh, revving their uh, Harley Davidson down the street right now. But, yeah, uh, Mozart – the only problem with him is he's not the every down he's not Christian McCaffrey. And I don't, I don't play the non Christian McCaffrey's too often. I, I like a lot of those workhorse running backs, but he is just 3,800 on DraftKings. Kings. Uh, you could squeeze him in. Right. This, I think this week, uh, a couple other guys I might like, I like Leonard Fournette uh, played 86% of the snaps last week, six targets unquestioned role. Looks like he's going to be out there all the time. I know they're road underdogs and it's not the best spot, but uh, I think, I, I think, Gardner-Mishu looks pretty decent, and I think Fournette is just—he's locked into these huge amount of snaps and a huge workload, regardless of game script. And those are extremely valuable DFS plays at the running position, so uh, I like him quite a bit. Uh, the other guy is Austin Eckler. Right, I've—I've come full circle. I used him some last week, not as much as I should have. Uh, we were worried, right, maybe he gets 60% of the snaps, and he didn't get 60, he didn't get 65, he got over 70% of the snaps last week, and if you're going to do that, they just lost Hunter Henry, I saw all kinds of stats floating around on Twitter, when Hunter Henry is out for the Chargers, the running backs get even more targets, it's really hard, you know, if I give you 12 to 15 carries, and six to nine targets I I think those are all relatively close to his floors on a week-to-week basis right now I mean that is unstoppable that's eight thousand dollar territory on DraftKings pricing and he's 6100 I think we got to take advantage of that
2: yeah I, I I've been a huge Austin Eckler fan since he entered the league I just didn't think he could hold up to the major workload and we saw in week one that I was wrong with that he held up and you know Hunter Henry's out, like you said. Mike Williams might be out. We had that come out. They're running out of offensive weapons. Eckler's going to get so much
1: work now. Yeah, absolutely in love with Eckler. Another guy, chalk du jour of the week, Josh Jacobs. I don't know how, 4,700. I don't know what was going on over at DraftKings. They forgot that Antonio Brown wasn't on the Raiders anymore, and they went from Denver to playing the Chiefs, and they're like, oh, just leave them all cheap, and everyone can have fun. But the Raiders are going to be extremely chalky. Jacobs, uh, a little worried and get a lot of passing game work, but he's 4,700. Who cares if he's going to touch the ball 20 times? uh, I'm okay with that, and uh, I'm looking for him to be probably the highest owned running back on the slate. Do you have any reason, I mean, he looked really good. Uh, What do you have, nine avoided tackles per PFF? That was second only behind Elvin Kamara, who's basically impossible to tackle. So uh, he looked really good to me.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I love Josh Jacobs. I was all on him before the season. You should, you should see the shares I have of him in my season long leagues. Um. Oh, drink. And, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say, you say he didn't have a lot of receiving game and volume involvement in week one, but they didn't need it. They were ahead from the start. Uh, he's still going to play ahead of Jalen Rashard. And I mean, the reason his salary didn't go up is because the game was late Monday night. They already had the salary set. I think this is your last chance to get in for anything under than a huge price. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and you've got one dud here. I want to talk about it's carrying Johnson. Uh, a little worrisome. I know Marlon Mack put up a big game against the Chargers last week, but I think we're both concerned about carry overall workload. They played four different running backs uh, for the Lions last week. Just a, a little concerning. Those are not the type of running backs I like to use on my, on my teams.
2: Yeah, there's just – there's so little way for carry Johnson to give you a big return with C.J. Anderson stealing so many touches. He's going to have to break off a couple huge runs. That is something he
1: can do, but – betting on that's just asking for for wasting money all right i want to go scott's not here with us this year but hey you look through all of scott's stuff before it goes up you read through it and you got to make sure he's got all those dank stats for us so we've got his expected <laughs> fantasy points the top usage and this was one of the keys to being a really good fantasy player last year is you avoid the guy the it's hard to explain the Avoid the Marquise Brown who had 14 snaps. Although maybe we could play Marquise Brown. We'll talk about him in a second and take have more interest in the guys who got 11 targets but didn't really have a big fantasy day. That's and you know gets the right fantasy work on on different parts of the field. So, what are some big takeaways from Scott's article that you noticed before we start talking about wide receivers?
2: Uh, My biggest one is I mean I watched all these games on Sunday and I didn't even even realize how heavy Keenan Allen's usage was in week one, but he, uh, he had 116 air yards. He had two targets inside the 10 and two deep targets. He was getting usage all over the field. And as we talked about those injuries, his usage is only going to go up. Allen's going to be knocking on the door of the top tier at wide receivers
1: yeah i agree completely on that give me one more guy who really stands out let me scroll around we mentioned david johnson look we talked to austin eckler let's talk chris carson um he, he's a running back i'm debating using again even as a road dog uh you know when you get that type of volume you got to pay attention to it
2: yeah everyone was talking about what rashad penny would cut into his workload and the answer is not a lot you know he got he played 76 percent of the snaps he had uh all the teams running back opportunities inside the 10-yard line, everything that the the Seahawks needed to do leaned on Carson. And we talked about how much this offense is going to be running the ball. He's going to get most of that workload. I love him every week.
1: Yeah, here's the whole list for you guys. Take a quick look at it. If you're watching on the YouTubes, study it, pause it, look at it. These are some of the best fantasy targets you could possibly use uh, an actual opportunity scott puts a lot of work into this all the stuff of PF's great and this is one of the the must reads i look at every single week uh all right let's move to some wide receivers we just talked about keenan Allen. anything else to add about keenan Allen? i just think uh, it's there's might not be mike williams there's no hunter who the who else are they going to throw the ball to yeah
2: uh, we're going to see a lot of travis benjamin and Dontrell inman yeah i, I just don't know how you get away from <laughs> Keenan Allen right now
1: oh uh, yeah i agree completely uh, I'll let you talk T.Y. Hilton, too. I wasn't expecting a big season out of T.Y. Hilton, but uh, it looks like it's here. Yeah, everyone got
2: scared off from him with Jacoby Presetic quarterback, which is understandable, but week one, he looked great. He he scored twice. He had, what was it, 80-something yards on eight receptions? And I said it last week. Adore Jackson is one of the heaviest targeted cornerbacks in the game. He's going to be on T.Y. Hilton. So even if Hilton doesn't get massive uh, quality, quality he's gonna get so much quantity
1: yeah i like ty hilton i'm on uh if you're spending a wide receiver i still think michael thomas is just so good and that offense is very concentrated it's michael thomas it's alvin kamara as one a one b and then it's everybody else is like d or you know c and d plays so i still like michael thomas i know he's outdoors his production drops a little bit but it's just such a concentrated offense i still think you can use michael thomas the other guy i'm really i don't care that Sammy Watkins went up a bajillion dollars on DraftKings because one, he was PFS number one graded wide receiver last week. Uh And Oakland, uh Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders putting up big, big games. They might be down an extra quarterback. They're they're out Jonathan Abrams. I mean, I, how does Sammy Watkins looks to be one of the better plays of the week, even at a, at a high price to me.
2: Yeah. He's going to be massively owned massive uh, high salary. And I don't care. I, as long as Terry Ty- Hill is out,
1: Sammy Watkins is a must-play in most most setups. What about the uh, What about the new guy in the block, McCole Harvin? Tell the people about him.
2: He played so many snaps in Week One. I, it went under the radar because he didn't get a lot of targets, didn't have the receptions. But he he played more snaps than Travis Kelsey. He was right up there near Watkins in the playing time. And now that Hill is out, they drafted him to be the new Tyree Hill when they thought they might lose him. He he's not Tyree Hill. Tyreek Hill is is a is a, a, a unicorn. But Hardman is going to get plenty of run here, and
1: he's not expensive yet. You're going to get you're going to get some savings and a huge upside. We're seeing these shifty speed receivers just kind of dominate the league right now unless you're unless you're Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones who are just they're just different than everybody else it's the 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 speed guys really shined week one I I think that's a trend we can sort of extrapolate into working and until teams can try to figure out how to stop it. So I think Hardman fits that build pretty easily and I'm definitely on board priced a little higher than we probably want for a guy who didn't have any stats last week, but uh, I'm definitely on board. We're looking for snaps and he's going to be out there just about uh, every snap. If you ask me uh, a couple other guys, I'm a, so we're looking for some low owned plays and tournaments. I got a couple for you again. So I like uh, I like that Arizona game, right? If you're down and you're Cliff Kingsbury and you're Kyler Murray, you're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And it's very, it's Christian Kirk and it's Larry Fitz with 10 plus targets. I don't see how these guys don't end up with 10 plus targets most games, especially in this one when they're going to be throwing. I know the Baltimore defense is really good, but uh, you know if they're going to come in between three to 5% owned, I'm getting on board with that. Uh, I can get on board with Devontae Parker as a low-owned dart throw. Somebody's got to catch the ball, and if Albert Wilson's out, hey, the air yards. Devontae Parker was one of the air yards kings of last week, and I'll, I'll take that uh, as a dart throw. I, I think Terry McLaurin kind of fits that bill of these speed receivers. He's playing out every snap. He's still cheap. I think you can get on board with him and Trey Quinn, too, more of a uh, a PPR lower floor, but hey, Quinn's going to catch a couple of touchdowns. And I think Washington's going to be down in that game. So I'm looking at him. And then the one thing we really need to do, let's let's sort this out right now. <laughs> Who are we pairing with Lamar Jackson this week? So we, we, we took a look at some snaps. You got access to the super duper ultra elite, most expensive only Bill Belichick has these type of stats, but you get to look at them because you work for PFF as well. So let's try to break down what happened in this game stat-wise and, and see if we can extra, extrapolate anything uh, to actually get the right plays with Lamar Jackson this week.
2: Yeah. Well, we can do that. Uh, everyone, you know, we saw what Marquise Brown did in that game with his massive yardage, but he played 14 snaps. As you, you had me check it out. Ten of those snaps in the first half, four in the second half when the game was out of hand. Miles Boykin had the same sort of split. He had 16 snaps in the first half, two in the second half. Willie Sneed is the one I'm interested in. He, he had 19 snaps in the first half, and that was shot to a 30 in the second half. So he's going to be on the field no matter what's going on in this game for them. And he's the only guy they kept around from last year. There had to be a reason for that. They like Willie Sneed. He's not going to be this blazing speed guy like Marquise Brown, but he's always going to be involved in the game. And I just think for his super low price point, he's going to be really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I think the guy I'm mean, I- – like Boykin is, he was like the most athletic person ever at the, at the combine and for, in, for, in, in, in uh, you know, in testing. And I think I'm going to maybe use him a little bit more than the field's going to use this, this week with Lamar. Cause I still, I expect Marquise Brown just a, a little, he's going to play more than 14 snaps this week. I have a hunch. And I also think Boykin's going to play more snaps than he did, especially if the game's competitive. And I think the Ravens aren't really going to try to let off at all either because they know this Arizona offense can score at basically any time, so I'm looking them for them to play their good players, and I think Brown. Um, let me let me check his price. I think it got up to five thousand. Uh yeah, he got up to five thousand. But Boykin, uh, flying under the radar at thirty-two hundred, you can create some really good Lamar Jackson teams with Boykin. Get low ownership, and also get some really good players around him. So so I like Boykin kind of uh, uh you know quite a bit. You like Sneed, uh, Lamar Jackson's going to throw. These guys look really good. Uh, I, I'm on board with stacking up, but uh, I, I like Boykin a little bit as a as a, a low own low own tournament dart throw.
2: I think this will be a kind of situation like you said with the Rams, where you're going to have a few different lineups and kind of mix and match. Because I don't I don't have a problem with any of them, but I, I do I will say that I'm interested in Sneed right now. Uh, Patriots wide so can what, what are we doing with the Patriots? Uh, I, I don't know uh there's you know the extenuating circumstances makes this really complicated I, i'm not believing in philip dorsett i, I think Julian is the one guy we know how he's going to get used so if i'm going to use a patriots receiver right now it's
1: going to be him i think gordon gordon's the cheapest i believe and i mean he's just a man amongst boys out there on the field when he you know he's a tight end playing wide receiver and um, extremely athletic so i think gordon's the one are, are you are you worried if it's you know, they pull the Ravens where it's thirty-five to three. I mean, you never really know how these things go. I think also, don't forget the Patriots. They got beat <laughs> by Miami last year. I, I don't think they're going to take the foot off the pedal until like well into the third quarter here.
2: Yeah, this is this is one of those Patriots things. You know, when they they, they love to just beat up on somebody when yeah. they're angry, and I feel like they they're going to want revenge on that that stupid Rob Gronkowski playing safety game last year. So I think they're going to beat up on the Dolphins and they're not going to pull off until fourth quarter, at least. So, yeah, I, you know, who knows how it shakes out because they're going to, I wouldn't be surprised if Gunnar Olshinsky has, has a touchdown in this game, but they're going to be getting, they're going to be playing as hard as they can.
1: Yeah. They got Brian Flores over there, but I'm still expecting him to kind of, you know, put it on the old team there. So I like, I like, uh, I like Mr. Belichick uh, to try to run up the score on, on him quite a bit this week. Uh, anything else really stand out to you a wide receiver? We could talk about a lot of guys. you got a couple, couple duds the high-end guys don't look too sexy this week right that was my issue like a lot other than julio jones against
2: the eagles and he's not even on the main slate the the biggest name wide receivers all have some bugaboos i'm not saying you're going to shy away from these guys completely but devontae adams had his worst game in more than a year in week one and now is going to draw xavier rhodes shadow and he, he did well against rhodes last year but rhodes just held julio jones to one target and no receptions in his coverage in week one. So I I, I worry that Devonta Adams is going to have another bad week. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, yes, the, the Chiefs passed all over the Jags in week one, but this is still a good Jags pass defense. Unless you're telling me there's some reason to doubt Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye, Hopkins is going to have another bad matchup. So these biggest names worry me a little for week one, for week two, whatever week
1: we're in. Yeah, week two. Uh, let's go to tight ends and kind of hash out the biggest question of the week. Uh, if we're saving money, are we using Darren Waller? are we using TJ Gronkinson? You know, we, we love those names. Gronkinson <laughs> just rolls right off the tongue. He looks really good. These rookie tight ends are always a little iffy, but uh, he looked good. Uh, Waller's 3300 on DraftKings. Hawkinson, thirty, so he was 3100 Had the best rookie day ever for a tight end, and he's dropped $100. He's down to $3,000 on DraftKings. So what are we doing? This is a really tough choice. People are going to have to make this week
2: i i don't understand that hawkinson <laughs> price i, I yeah, i'm right with you i don't know how that happened um i will say that for me of the two of those i'm going waller uh that we know the lions want to be more run heavy and that the the game just set up for them to be pass heavy in this one because of the, the way the cardinals uh, defense is messed up but i, I do worry that we're going to see a, a big running back committee and the the pass catchers in, in uh, detroit aren't going to be great meanwhile waller as you said earlier, there's only so many offensive weapons with Oakland. They're going to be passing a lot, and Waller and Tyrell Williams are going to be the only ones to benefit from that. So hey, I Waller, like Waller.
1: Waller is the Christian McCaffrey. He literally didn't leave the field. Uh, he's no. the Christian McCaffrey of tight ends. Played every single snap, and I don't really see that changing. Um, of course, we, you know, Tyrell Williams, I don't know, even know if we talked about him at wide receiver. He's, he's the chalk of the week. It's a very – this is what makes it so easy to stack with Derek Carr because it's a very concentrated offense between tyrell williams darren waller and josh jacobs they all get very good targets down the field everybody else that gets a snap uh, on the oakland offense is getting little dinky you know two yard outs and three air yards and just not high value targets at all it's a very concentrated high octane offense um yeah so i I like waller i think a little bit more than gronkinson as well Uh, i'm in with you on that uh if we're spending money what are we doing at tight end? Because again, there's some really good options. We've got Travis Kelsey; he should have had like four touchdowns. Uh, Kittle should have had a couple of touchdowns. Everybody should have had a bunch of touchdowns at tight end. They just didn't come come through with them.
2: Yeah, I, I love Kittle. Uh, he uh, he he had I had him in a lot of lineups, and he had two touchdowns called back to the penalty, and it killed me. It made me so sad. But you, if you just look at his stat line, it's going to be frustrating because he only had five points or whatever it was. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's something like that. But his usage was still right there. He was the only one on the 49ers who had more than three targets. He's hes going to be a monster nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I like Kittle quite a bit. Uh, Ingram, even against Buffalo, you know, if Sterling Shepard doesn't recover from that um, concussion, 14 target. It's very tough to overlook a tight end getting 14 targets. It just doesn't happen. I don't know if he's going to get 14 targets against the Buffalo Bills, but I think, what's his floor? I think something like eight targets in a game, and even that's that's almost unheard of at the tight end position. He only went up, he was 4,800, 32 fantasy points. Let's just raise his price $400. So he's just 5,200. I still think that's uh, about $1,000 too cheap for Evan Ingram. Uh, I still like him against the Bills uh, on DraftKings quite a bit. Uh, a couple other guys, I think Delaney uh, didn't really play a ton of snaps, but They were highly productive snaps for Delaney Walker, Uh, running routes on almost all of them. Uh, I think you could still look at him against the Colts. Uh, Home favorites for tight ends are some of the biggest trends you could look for for that, and uh, he certainly fits that bill. A couple guys you want to note could be duds. Uh, One's Kyle Rudolph. I think a lot of that could have been due to game skirt right 10 passes from Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins throws 30 passes I I would expect Kyle Rudolph to get a target but uh, I still don't know if he's going to get a get kind of what he did last year especially because uh, they've got Irv Smith out there for a lot of snaps too he didn't really do much either Uh, in fact I think he came with a goose egg Uh, I'm just worried he kind of eats into Rudolph a little bit and I think you are too.
2: Yeah, uh, Rudolph. He, he's he's a bigger name right now than he is a fantasy contributor. He his uh, target share has dropped three straight years. His touchdown percentage has dropped two straight years. He's he had no targets last week. Granted, they only passed the ball ten times, but at this point, he's an extra offensive lineman. They they
1: yeah. want to run the ball, and he's helping them with that. And then uh, you got Jimmy Graham in here, Austin Hooper. Now some of that was game script related. A lot of it was you know later in the game, but I mean Jimmy Graham looks like he's. Outside of Devontae Adams, who you already mentioned, has a ridiculously tough matchup, Jimmy Graham's the other guy that can catch touchdowns for that team. So what do you like about him?
2: He Last year, his first year in Green Bay, he did not have his t- traditional uh, red zone and end zone usage. Week one, he saw three red zone targets, two of them in the end zone. If it, it's going to be anything like that, he's going to have his touchdown upside again. And
1: considering his price has dropped below his peak, that's enough. That's going to be worth it. And uh, one other guy you wanted to kind of give a little warning on, uh, he had some high hopes going into the season, uh, but it's Jared Cook. Uh, What do you see in his game or in the Saints distribution that maybe doesn't, I mean, he's 47, would you rather pay 4,700 for Jared Cook, who got three targets in a really high scoring game, or would you rather pay $500 more for Evan Ingram, who got 14 targets in the last game? I mean, this is like a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, Jared, I mean, you said it earlier, the The Saints are still Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and then we'll see what happens after that. But Cook had fewer targets than Traquan Smith, had fewer than Ted Ginn. I still think there's upside. I still think he'll have a few of those big games, but I,
1: I we have no idea when they're going to come. And I, I want I want somebody who's safer than him right now. Yeah, you can mess around. Of course, you can play Mark Andrews. Uh, eight, Went eight for eight receptions to targets, the clear passing Uh, tight end looked absolutely great out there and I don't think Arizona is going to give him much resistance and then uh, again I think you can go uh, Vernon Davis I expect Washington to have to throw the ball quite a bit in this game against Dallas He came through with a touchdown seven targets probably a little bit more 3200 he was 2700 last week so when you get the under 3k player it looks a lot better than 3200 for your overall lineups but uh, I think you can go right back to him and then the other one is Austin Hooper who has a very clear role he's just 3100 he was 3200 last week goes nine for nine for 77 yards and gets a hundred dollar price decrease at tight end so i don't really know what was going on with that but he should have seen a bump up he actually got the price down just like gronkinson uh so i think cooper there's a there's a lot of viable tight ends that i think is I think this is like a resurgence. Are, are all these teams reading PFF and understanding that you can throw to the middle of the field and is basically the best offensive play you can have?
2: <laughs> I, I wrote my bold predictions column before the year. One of the things was we're going to have a rebound from the tight end position. There are so many interesting guys and some of them are going to fall flat. But I agree with you. There's just there's so
1: much weaponry there. Yeah, you know, all these guys are using that super ultra secretive PFF subscription, that ah. costs five million dollars per team or whatever. I don't, I don't even know. Uh to read all that. But yeah, I think that's gonna about do it for week two. It was fun. We covered a lot of stuff. Uh, always great articles on PFF, Daniel. I'm having fun doing these shows with you, dude. So I'm looking forward to a good season. Uh, any any final takes? Any any strong things come through with you on the show? You want to get out to the people? No, I I just take take the things I get right and ignore
2: the ones I get wrong
1: yeah that's what we all want is fantasy analysts uh (laughs) all right uh we're gonna get out of here on that guys uh thanks to all you watching and all you guys listening on podcasts we really appreciate it here roto grinders go check out pff if you like fantasy articles or want to read scott's stuff or daniel's stuff or look at all the grades you can get that uh relatively inexpensive i think it's 39.99 for a full season and uh one of the few things i actually use other than roto grinders to do a lot of my research uh for my own lineups uh thanks to everyone for listening Uh, Thanks to Daniel for coming on with me. I'm Britt, and we out you.